Welcome back to More Media Records Off the Air Podcast. I am here with my lovely co-hosts. Matt and Christian. And I'm Lauren. You can find all of our social media and website in the description down below for more information about our club, our podcast, and all the fun things that we do. All right. We got mm-hmm. a really good topic going this week. Yes, I'm we excited. Do. It is uh, posthumous albums, specifically yeah. Mac Miller's Circles. So I know you guys have done a lot of research and listened through to the album if you hadn't before, uh, though a few of us came in being big fans. Uh, but what do we want to talk two. about? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> us two are big fans of Mac in general. But um, what do we want to talk about in terms of posthumous albums? What's What's your biggest ideas? Well, so for me, it's always kind of like the other artist kind of mentality, right? Like a lot of painters, they go through their whole life kind of being not well known. They live, they're pretty poor. And then they pass away and people are like, oh, he was actually a genius. And it's like, for me, I think, you know, obviously if you're a famous artist and then you pass away, it's, you know, people are still going to think your art is good. But how much of that is kind of like you know, mourning or being like, oh, you know, they're really getting this message out there, this and that, like, you know, especially when it's, they talk about, you know, I mean, we don't have to talk about Mac Miller, but him specifically, he was going down that hole, which, you know, I know a lot of rap artists that either go down a hole of addiction or gang violence. So it's almost expected and it's part of why they're so famous. Yeah, definitely something I thought of when I heard that Mac had died was the unfortunate truth that, you know, Drug abuse runs rampant in the hip-hop community. Um, drug abuse runs rampant in the famous people community in general, and, and honestly, everywhere. And it's an unfortunate epidemic that like causes so much loss and pain. And I know that Mac fans, personally, were just torn to bits over his death. And it's just kind of an important part to look at when viewing posthumous albums is how did they die? Was it abrupt? Was it unexpected? Was it something that you kind of knew was going to happen, kind of like David Bowie with Mm -hmm. um, Blackstar. And, you know, there's just a lot to look at in terms of the human aspect of the artist after they have died and released a new album. I mean, yeah, especially in the context of Mac Miller, since he died so shortly after Swimming's release, like it's, it's just, it's a very weird situation to approach. And especially like, uh team wise and record label wise like how how do you handle an artist after they have passed and like how how do you put together a project and do you even put together an, a project after right how do you be respectful toward the family how do you be respectful toward the fans how do you be respectful toward the artist like it's a very touchy subject it's very difficult to navigate but it's very worth it clearly with things like circles coming out like that is an iconic posthumous album Mm -hmm. and did so much for fans in terms of closure. It felt like almost, you know, so I was going to ask, do you guys have any personal favorites outside of circles for, uh, posthumous albums for me personally? I know, um, I had from the basement on a hill, um, by Elliot Smith, Pearl by Janis Joplin, which I didn't even know was posthumous, but I guess it's just like a compilation of works from her. Grace by Jeff Buckley. I didn't know that was posthumous either. You know, Hallelujah, like one of his most famous songs was on that. And classic Lioness by Amy Winehouse by Queen. Um, So do you have any other ones that you were thinking of? You know, to be honest, I mean, I'm kind of an oldie guy when it comes to rock and roll. So half the time it's something that comes later or is something that, you know, expected is like David Bowie. 
Um, I mean, I'm a big Jimi Hendrix fan, so I know like for me, it's more like his the idea of like, oh man, we lost this great bright star. It's more of like the age of his death, not necessarily like the music itself that was so amazing. But mm-hmm. I know I have like listed here as well is uh, you know, our kind of like what more of the death hit me than the music and it was uh the uh artist selena mm-hmm. she passed away in a plane crash on a way to shoot a music video in like the bahamas and you know then her album came out and it hit number one the first latin album to do so in 1995 then so it was Not like too correct but wasn't it wasn't selena killed by one of her fans Really? Am I wrong on this? I'm almost certain you are because I did a project on it for my Spanish class. Oh, maybe it's just my dad telling me when I was younger. There was another famous Latina artist that died in a plane crash that I think you're thinking of, but it was a male. Um, I forget his name. It's on the tip of my tongue. But Selena was killed by uh, her biggest fan, the like leader of her fan club. That sounds very familiar yeah, to me, actually. And yeah. she... Yeah, she broke into her house and killed her and tried to take over her finances, claiming to be one of her best friends. It's a really dark oh and twisted God. tale, but I love oh, Selena's wow. music and I love her story. And I actually wanted to watch this documentary that I heard was really good about it. Oh, yeah. You, um, you got you to give me the name of that. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. But it is no. it is crazy what surrounds. Yeah, I mean, that, that and John Lennon, obviously, one of those, as a Beatles fan, that just hurt. But no, not, not, not more in the rap game. I know, I know. Christian, I think you're more on a rap side than I am. Yes, I uh, I am a big rap fan. Um, but some of my favorite posthumous albums are, uh, well, obviously, Amy Winehouse, uh, Lioness, Hidden Treasures. I mean, you got to respect Amy Winehouse. She's just, like, one of the best to ever do R&B, honestly. Like, she, her music was so soulful and so, so lively and so, like, had this, such a unique style, like, and especially... Just reading the track list on the back here, there's so many just amazing songs. Mm-hmm. And then uh, another one was uh, the Notorious B.I.G., Biggie Smalls, Life After Death. This album actually came out, uh, I believe, 16 days after he died. And then, um, of course, Circles, because, I mean, Mac Miller has been my comfort artist for a very long time now. Yeah, so. definitely. I 100% agree. Mac Miller's Circles was just insane for Mm -hmm. the time it was released yeah and uh so like with the rap lens would you say that you know kind of my comment earlier that in a uh in a world where you know when they make their art it's about you know what happens in their lives and things that affect them which for a lot of rappers involves selling or doing drugs or dealing with gang violence and living on the edge and a lot of times i know biggie as well like you know talks about like you know just wanting to provide for his family and he doesn't know if he's going to be there and then when it does happen is it almost like like not as if like we should do something about it but because you know art is different than kind of like a reality of you know making decisions but in some way is it kind of not like expected in some way i mean i guess like that sounds a little dark the way to say it but i guess more of is it something that you know, we, it's, it's, like we're we not were, like feeding into, but like, yeah, we're supporting them talking about this. Yeah, I I kind of see what you're saying there. So like drawing it back to Mac, I know that he had a lot of lyrics about, you know, wanting to die, wanting to move on to bigger and better things in the afterlife. And um, 
with Biggie Smalls, like you were saying, you know, he's talking about wanting to provide for his family, but not knowing if he's going to be there to do so. And it's extremely disappointing when you find out that he isn't there to do so. And it takes almost this sort of reflection inwards within the rap community, within the hip hop community, um, to recognize that this violence and this abuse of drugs is something that needs to be discussed openly as an issue and not as inspiration for bars. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, we we see it all the time. I mean, people, I mean, rappers that have passed like Juice World, Pop Smoke, even though they're not really the kind of rappers that I would listen to, but obviously people that I would respect, I respect a lot because of what they've done for the modern hip hop industry. I mean, it's just like, it's it's a very tragic situation and it really is getting to the point where like okay how many like hip-hop artists need to die before we start realizing that we can't keep glorifying drugs exactly that's that's totally something i agree with Mm -hmm. and it it's always like there's this hushed sadness that that flows over the fan base and flows over the hip-hop world or rap world or whatever genre that the person that has passed was involved with and it's kind of just like you got to be respectful of the individual and not use their death to get on a a soapbox you know and be like well drugs are bad um Mm -hmm. it's it's clear as day that these artists wouldn't try in a million years to kill themselves with these drugs you know it just happened to happen that they became addicted you know what i mean like it's so heavily influenced in um modern pop rock everything literally every genre ever i feel like there is just this reality that you're gonna have to deal with drugs in the industry and it's unfortunate because then the fans are left with this unsettled energy that they cannot ever hear from their artists again their favorite artists they don't know what they were thinking in their last moments they don't know um if they were planning to do more with their music career or where they would have gone and i often think about little peep which i am not a huge fan of like personally I, I don't really know his music very well um and i know that his fans were just utterly crushed mm-hmm. when he passed away like people were sobbing and posting videos online and just torn to shreds about the fact that he had passed without having the chance to make it super big. Like he was getting there. He was really on the up and up about to be really, really, really famous. And then all of a sudden it was over. It was over for him. And and then correct me if I'm wrong, but it was like very sudden. Like the, the news just like dropped one day and it was just like, okay, the fans just had to deal with it. Yeah. And that, that, that has to be the worst way to like, process grief you know i mean and it is it is like artists i mean people that we will most likely never meet in our lives but but they touch you in a way that that you can't explain like it's i saw a lot of people online saying you know peep saved my life like listening to his music was the only thing that got me through my darkest days and people say the same thing about mac miller people say the same thing about amy winehouse people say the same thing about all these people and to know that their music was something that could help another survive, but wasn't enough to help their own exactly. life is yeah. really hard I mean, to reckon that's, with. That's exactly how I feel about Mac Miller. I mean, you, 
in pretty much all of his albums, he talks about his mental health and he talks about his destructive cycles with regarding drugs, women and music. And it's it's just a shame that how he can be so introspective and so self-aware, but and how he can like help so many people through these issues. But in the end, he just couldn't help himself. Yeah, that's a big issue with, you know, artists when they play their music and you know, part of it is when they write their music, they go down into a deep part of their soul, which, you know, they have to pull from, which a lot of times is depression, which, you know, I'm thinking also a famous artist that I know of Kurt Cobain, Chris Cornell of Soundgarden, you know, like Black Hole Sun's literally him talking about wanting to see the end of the world because he is so, you know, he has depression. And I think that is more of a alarm than, quote, drug use. I mean, you know, drug use kind of and depression go hand in hand but it's definitely more of you know dealing with the um part of the artist that they can't control and you know and also uh lincoln park was it chester bennington Mm -hmm. you know him as well like you know his story is so sad and it's one of those things where like you know afterwards i think that is you know a big part of the their posthumous work is that it's like, you know, as much as you hear them talking about them being depressed, them actually having something happen to them is, you know, kind of like it encases it so it can't change. Mm-hmm. And it makes it that much more like special to them for a thing in time. And I think it's so easy for artists nowadays to get sucked into the lifestyle of drugs. And that eventually like leads to depression because, I mean, mm-hmm. just look at artists. People literally treat them as gods now. And at the end of the day, they are real people. So, and they have real thoughts and real emotions. So, all like millions of people treating you like you're some deity, like that can be very isolating. Yeah. Isolation is honestly like what leads to depression. It's a very difficult thing to cope with. And um, unfortunately, the people that have posthumous albums couldn't cope and and didn't make it through that. Um, It says something about fan bases in general and the age of the internet and the age of having to know everything that there is to know about your favorite person that is famous um and still not being able to understand or fully like realize how sad they are when they are writing these lyrics that are describing exactly how sad they are they're telling they're calling out they're begging for help in a way but you know max good news that's that's one of the tracks that i think we definitely need to talk about good news is all they want to hear it's all they want to hear you know people oftentimes get upset with artists when they release these dark and real tracks because they want a party anthem or they expect something from this artist that the artist cannot provide and that's just so saddening to see that it goes so far that lives are lost you know what i mean mean? that's that's honestly why i like and respect mac miller so much because he's he has said in multiple interviews before that he doesn't understand why all these rappers are just constantly talking about the same stuff i mean talking about partying and talking about you know just this lavish lifestyle and he always said that he is making music for what he is feeling Right. I mean, you saw in Divine Feminine, he was in love. He was talking about women and he was talking about his importance. I mean, the importance of women in his life yeah. on Good AM. He was he was in a better place. I mean, he was just on the up and up and exactly. you know, he was 
excited about this new fame and this new rap lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And it's one of my favorite albums personally by him. And it always gets me in a good mood. Um, Except perfect. Perfect Circle Godspeed. Yeah. That, that, that's that when Godspeed comes on, that's me... just like tears are flowing immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Like you were saying though, with the divine feminine being about his relationships and then going into swimming and circles and what would have been the third album um, of the trilogy, you know, he's touching on this darker subject of loss and not being with the woman that he once loved. And I watched an interview recently with Mac where it was right after his DUI and um, he had crashed a car into a telephone pole and he went MIA on the internet. He just said, nope, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not telling the fans what's up because I need this time for me. I need to reflect on what's going on in my life and personally take myself accountable for Mm -hmm. the things that are happening. And then he comes out with, of course, swimming and people lose their minds. And so He's back on social media now because, and he's back to doing interviews and being the personable and amazing Mac that he is because he had this time to reflect. He had this time to write and get in the studio and make a masterpiece, in my opinion. I know a lot of people have differing opinions. Fantano. It is nothing but a masterpiece. I (laughs) I love it. I I love that album. It's the album that got me into Mac Miller, which is, Mm. or actually the Divine Feminine. That. Yeah, um, but as a person who is new to the rap game, I got first got into rap with Kendrick, and then from there, kind of you know one or two here or there and some classics. But my roommate was super big into Mac Miller, and I and you know we were talking about before the podcast, like 2018, Swimming came out, and then a month later, Mac Miller passes, and I remember like it was I could feel the pain of my roommate from him talking about him and playing him around the house for like two three weeks straight to all of a sudden him being gone, it was like I felt the pain that he felt. And, you know, then I listened to Swimming after he passed, and now I redid that and listened to Circles. And, you know, I think we should probably, get, you know, we're talking so much about Mac Miller. Let's get right into it. Mm-hmm. Something okay. that I really thought was great about Circles is, you know, you're talking about respecting the artists and respecting their uh, sound and their vision. I know Mac Miller, his editor and his sound engineer was pretty close friends with him and after he passed he's like we got these i know what he wants to do with them like trust me exactly yeah. i mean it turned out great that being uh his producer john bryan yeah. who's working mm-hmm. on for uh circles and um and he also did work on swimming as well but uh after he passed his his family oh you just got you just got to give it to max estate and his mm-hmm. family for just respecting the hell out of him and just like yeah. doing him justice they literally gave creative rights like in, in the entirety of the album over to john bryan and said you were there for all the sessions you worked with them on this album you completed the way mac wanted it exactly i listened to a little interview um with john bryan and my god the guy the way speaks of mac with such like high regards is, is so heartbreaking because he was like this was the first time in a really long time where i met an artist that i truly believed he had everything he had the smarts he had the personality. He had the musical ability like no other. And he was just out there writing these beautiful songs. John Bryan said while he was in the studio with Mac on multiple separate occasions, he had to leave the studio to go cry because he was just amazed by the lyrics and the the musical like quality that Mac was producing at the time. And obviously he had such an emotional connection with Mac that he had the right to continue and finish this project 
and add in his own little twists at, at parts. And, and it was a really important thing to do to make it a cohesive piece because the whole time John was saying that Mac was trying to leave a lot of it up to John, Brian, and saying, you know, well, why don't you go play the bass on this track? And Brian was like, no, you go play the bass. You're good at this. You need to go do that. Like, I know that you can handle this and that you are the sole creator of this album and that you should. And so luckily, Brian in the time that Mac was recording, was able to get all of those pieces of Mac playing instruments and Mac singing and Mac doing all of these different parts of the track. And then he could use that in the future when Mac had passed. And that's a really cool aspect of the album. Also, I kind of wanted to go back to what you were saying about your roommate mm -hmm. um, and how it was just such a dark thing after he passed. Personally, swimming was great and as soon as he had passed in 2018 it was tragic to listen to swimming again but then once circles came out I was it was my freshman year here on campus at CMU and I swear to god the day it came out I was sitting in my bathroom at eight in the morning right before a class saw the first video drop sobbed my eyes out left my dorm room and heard the album bumping everywhere mm -hmm. I went there was not a single room that wasn't with their door wide open bumping mac like people were obsessed with the album when it dropped and they were also happy to have something left for them after his passing it was it great and i mean especially with circles it, it was almost like too good to be true because right? on so many tracks it sounded like he was speaking directly to the listener letting them know hey it's mm -hmm. okay like it's all right i've may i may be gone now but it's okay. Like, it's like, like he was honestly just comforting his listeners, like a way that even he has never done. And he has been doing it for years. Yeah. And it goes into the whole concept of what he was doing with these albums. Cause uh, you guys can tell me if I'm right or wrong, but um, the whole point, uh, it was swimming circles. And was there a third one planned? There, there was, there was, a third, there was one a third one planned that was going to be mainly R and B influenced. Okay. Did they, it say the name? No, no, they had not decided okay. yet. I don't think. Cause, uh, you know, the whole thing is he's swimming in circles. And from what I read online, it was, you know, swimming is more about, uh, you know, what you do through life. You're swimming to stay afloat. I think that's a lyric he has in the album. And, you know, it's about, you know, doing X, Y, and Z. He was a hard worker. He has a lot of projects, so he obviously cared about making something that was good. And then Circles is, you know, kind of looking back on, like, how you're swimming in circles and how it either can be something that, it, it no matter what, it's something that keeps you grounded. And whether it's a good or bad thing, it's how you look at it. And that was the main thing about Circles. It was more mature. It was more stripped back there was a lot less hip-hop influence <clears throat> a lot more r&b influence and yeah that that the whole message i can see why fans were like oh he's speaking to me like you know because it's talking about being okay with yourself and i think that's definitely what you know it's kind of a shame that you know we didn't see that when he came out but i think it's even better now that mm. you know, right and even passing. the tone of his voice it sounds like he's right up in your ear talking yeah. to you he's whispering these lullabies it's like a beautiful raspy and stripped back version of Mac that you have never really had the chance to know truly. Like I think you see parts of it in swimming. I think that tracks like, um, it ain't 2009 no more, 2009. <laughs> um, come back to earth. Come back to earth. Tracks like that kind of give you this energy of like, Oh, he's going in this direction that is so different for him. But 
so genuine and real and singer songwriter based. And that's that's when we see him like fully embrace it in circles. And that's why I honestly I have a problem with calling it a hip hop album mm-hmm. because it there are maybe two three tracks that I would say okay this is an obvious hip hop song right and even on like one or two of those there's only one verse where he's not like singing and in his like beautiful singing voice which I think was so underrated people people gave him shit for his singing voice yeah, but like I, get a lot I, of I that thought too. it was beautiful I really like it I'm a huge proponent of like the ugly voice like mm. I listen to a lot of Midwest emo I like a raspy voice and a gross voice at that but this is nothing like that in my opinion like it just gives character. His voice is unique. I mean, there's so yeah, many artists. Is. I'm like, is this this guy? Oh no, he's you know, he just sounds exactly like this guy. Mac, right. I knew it wasn't him. Yeah, it's iconic. It sounds mm-hmm. like Mac, and it sounds like Mac at the end of his career. Like you can tell that he has gone through so much to get here through his voice and through his, you know, lyrics and everything about the album. Should we get into the track list? I though? think we should get into the track. Okay, list. all right. Yeah, let's blow through this. Okay. All right. So first track, circles. Circles. I mean. What a way to start an album. I mean, Beautiful. with with a with a somber tone and literally the first line, this is what it look like mm-hmm. right, right before, before you, you fall. fall. It's so gut-wrenching and real and like how how did he do that and then pass? Like how did he get in the studio and sing that and then pass? Like you just have to wonder how heartbreaking it must be for his family. How heartbreaking it must be for his producers, you know? It's, like, insane. Love the track. Absolutely love it. And it's got, like, this circular vision to it, you know? It's very looped and very um, cohesive as a piece, and I think John Bryan had a lot to do with that, clearly, Mm -hmm. in the end there, but it was still just... It's like a mantra to hold throughout the rest of the... The album, right? Yeah. I mean, it is like the title track on the song. So mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, on the record. So like, it's it's got to display that message of circles. Right. I mean, and I think it does it perfectly. I mean, uh, with the soft guitar riffs layered with like the like lowly mixed vibrant synths and like the subtle bells, it's just like it's it's just like. It's the perfect intro track, especially to this album with the somber yet comforting tone that, I mean, Mac introduces here. I agree. I agree. And then it moves on to complicated and you're hit with this, again, dark feeling of like, wow, this this is really what he's trying to tell us in these times with these lyrics. Another synthy vibe, kind Mm -hmm. of like, I feel like that synth is drawn out throughout the whole album. It is, yeah. And it's really cool because I was listening to that um, interview, like I said, and John Bryan was like telling Mac that what he had was great and these concepts are beautiful, but Mac really wanted to just go with the keys on this album. Mm -hmm. He was like, guitar and keys, let's go. And John Bryan brought out this old synth from the 80s and was like, give this a whirl. And oh my gosh, it created the album. It made the album, you know? It it really did. I mean, we we saw... We saw some of that on Swimming, but not in this particular style. Right. And I think he he kind of realized what worked and what didn't and what people liked and what he liked. And he, especially in this track, specifically complicated, it, it just really worked. I mean, he, he also has a lyric here. Um, Behind the wheel, but I still ain't on my way. Um, he He actually talks about driving a lot in other projects. 
And um, I, I see that as kind of like an analogy for like the control in his life. And the line, but still ain't on my way, kind of is like that loss of control. Right. Which, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very complicated. It, it is. I mean, <laughs> it's it, it talks about like the he's literally just saying like he's just bringing out all of his complications in life saying why why is my life so complicated like i'm so tired of being constantly bombarded with all these things right yeah i'm not sure uh which song has the lyric i'm so tired of being so tired but it's just you know also echoing of this pain that he's feeling and I'm pretty it, sure that is good news. Yeah, mm. probably good news. And then it moves into Blue World after Complicated, and that is the track. Like, everybody that I know is obsessed with that track, and it's honestly what I feel like Mac would have wanted people to party to. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? Like, it's bumping, and it's, you know, in so much, like, respect of him. You know, it's a blue world without you. You're gone, and it's tragic, but it we're still going to enjoy and celebrate your life and your works, you know? Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, that Great. was the one that I know, like, as I was listening to in the car, I was like, okay, this sounds more like the Mac I know, but mm-hmm. it's glad I'm glad that it doesn't stay because I'm glad that he it's going through, you know, also like being more mature, having an idea, sticking with it. And uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then good news. We're mm-hmm. on to good news, good which news. was the single oh that God. was released that took the world by storm, that people were just so heartbroken by. And I... <laughs> I watched Fantano cry after listening oh, yeah. to Good I've, News for I've the first the video, time, yeah. and I felt that so hard. Like the first time I saw the video of him floating on this beautiful lotus flower, and yeah. having all of his like lovely pictures surrounding him, and just it's so hard to hear that he thought that people just expected good news from him mm-hmm. and, and nothing more, and that they just wanted to hear the happy Mac. It's like, no, your fans valued you for everything that you are. You know, so something something I really wanted to note on this track was in the intro, you hear these like 808s firing and then and then it's like slow guitar plucks building up. And then the instrumentation fills out with his line. Why can't it just be easy? Why does everybody need me to stay? Right. And it's just like, what what am I doing here? You know, like, I mean, I, he refers later on the album like. There's a whole lot uh, waiting for me on the other side. I think actually later in this track. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just a very, a very sad, but very like you can, you can, he lays it out so well. Like these, these are thoughts that he's had for a really long time and he's just been anxious to get it out on a track. Right. Yeah. Good News was one of the best of this album for sure. And then Mm -hmm. it moves into I Can See, which is another prolific beautiful song i i I feel like i'm just repeating myself at this point what do you guys have to say about i can see i mean i i just i love like the kind of like this fantastical wondrous tone to it especially Mm -hmm. with like the trilling sense at the beginning with the with the chimes and just how like honestly ethereal it was and i mean Basically, what he's talking about on this song is that he finally sees his problems and his overall situation from an outside perspective. I mean, the title being I Can See. Right. Which is, I mean, just 
very introspective and something we've seen a lot from Mac up until this point, but where it's fully realized. Yeah. Yeah, he's able to take, you know, the initial thoughts of swimming and, you know, so still, he, I'm assuming he made all this stuff in the same span of his life if he has all this, like, built up uh, right before his passing. So, really, he's he has probably so much of this idea to just, you know, put out and then to work on. And I think, you know, during this part of his writing style, he's like, okay, how can I have a beginning, middle, and end to this crazy thing we call life, and especially my life, one with my fans, one with, you know, addiction, relationships, and, you know, just music in general, because he's worked on a lot of other projects that are more out there, and I think the one that he puts his own name on, he wants it to be, you know, very polished, pristine, beautiful, and I think this is definitely where, you know, talking about good news being, like, sad of, like, you know, say that he passed, but, you know, we're hitting to the second act if you would, of a movie, and it's where the meat and potatoes are. Right, and then it's into everybody. Mm -hmm. And This song just makes me think of Mac, like, walking down the street with me, the, like, big chorus of, whoa. (laughs) That is just such a good rolling beat to it. It's just, like, the perfect lull of waves and ebb and flow and vibing out to the entire, like, track just feels right especially in this place in between i can see and woods in mm-hmm. my opinion and so then it moves to woods i don't know if you had anything else to say about everybody no uh, it, it makes makes sense because he's thinking about everyone just wants to have a good time and everyone wants to you know everyone wants to have these certain amount of things and he's laying it out you know i think it's also like his way of rationalizing from good news and i can see it's kind of like as the album progresses it's how a natural person would think right yeah. and it ends with that and if you're with me, I won't go away. And that's mm-hmm. just, once again, heartbreaking. Tragic. So tragic. tragic. And then Let's into move on woods. to woods here. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I I personally love how this first line is delivered. Uh, things like this ain't built to last. I might just fade away like those before me. Mm-hmm. It's just in a very, like, in a very, like, plain and, like, just a great tone from Mac Miller. Just like he he really knew what he was doing on this track. Like he he had his cadence down. He had literally everything figured out. And I mean, the subtle guitar strings in the back uh, of the chorus are absolutely amazing. With uh, those synths that I mentioned, like that we see on swimming, mm-hmm. and it's just like it's I I personally love Woods. It's like, one of the most interesting tracks on the list in my opinion it's it stellar it's great and i remember a lot of people telling me that it was their favorite when it was first released mm-hmm. um having gone back i cannot pick a favorite i don't think you guys could either but um picking favorites is overrated That's i what agree I, I agree on to hand me downs we go mm-hmm. um another great track i think that you know it had a lot to say about um max influence almost mm-hmm. um the way that like other people influenced him and how he influenced others. I'm trying to think of some specific lyrics off of hand-me-downs. I, I didn't pull any up, but I know that when I want to listen to this song, it puts me in a great mood. Um, this was actually uh, the only track with a feature on it, too. Yeah. And Mac is not, is notably absent from the entire chorus. It's actually done by Baro Sura, uh, mm-hmm. which I, I personally have never heard of, but 
um he from from this chorus i could kind of get the vibe that he's more of an r&b artist but i i would love to check him out i really need to right mm-hmm. all right and then that's on me that's on me this oh is my God. a beautiful track a lot of people say that they get like beatles energy off of it i don't know if you felt that vibe i could i could kind of see that yeah i mean yeah. yeah i could definitely see more of a like you know not like a poppy per se but i can see that era with that you know? guitar mm-hmm. looping with mm-hmm. that beautiful little cadence he has to the way he speaks and sings on this track and kind of just taking accountability and responsibility exactly, is yeah. so beautiful at the end of the album. It's, it's on the last four tracks, you know what I mean? Like, he's really taking accountability for the things that he's done in his life. And especially on this track, I feel like he's he's really talking directly to the listener. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's, you know, he doesn't outright say it, but in a way he's saying, learn from me. Yes. Learn from the mistakes that I've made. And please be self-aware. Like, I mean, as Mac has been for mm-hmm. for his whole entire discography now. And, I mean, it's obviously in the highest degree on Circles. Yeah. yeah. With, moving on uh, to Hands, I personally love this track. Love this track. Mm-hmm. The beat got me definitely, like, intrigued. Yeah. As, much as, as much as I love uh, the introspection... Whenever I listen to an album, I always like hear a beat that I love mm-hmm. and immediately they'll decide if I like or dislike the song to like listen to again. Yeah. At least it's not like from the album front to back. And this one was great. And he talks about his relationship with women, right? And his uh I don't know if it's specifically Ariana Grande, but Um, a little bit. It's you know, he's got this tongue in cheek uh mm-hmm character to him in this track. It's back to his old stuff. It reminds me it a is. lot of like, you know, good AM, like I was saying, and it's I could honestly see this track on faces. Yeah. I feel like definitely see that on faces. Like yeah. it's got that vibe of like, yeah, I'm a rapper. I still want to brag a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, yeah, I mm-hmm. wanna like drop some bars about things that are cool about me at times too, you know? But it comes back in the very end with that ongoing metaphor of driving and, and the last lyric that you can hear is um I don't need no chauffeur. Uh, I stay behind the wheel. I never half speed. You yep. know, he's like, yeah, I'm going hard. I'm still going hard. Even in death, my tracks go hard. Like, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I mean, I I also did want to know about, like, you were talking about the beat. I I love the pitch, pitched up vocal chub of the hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, hit? F- I find that so creative. Yeah. It's and, really cool. Like, with the, with the playful drums in the back and... It it just it just works very well, yeah. and it is very much Mac Miller, definitely. And then to surf, which oh is God. another like, hey, hey, hey. yeah, oh and God. like once again, it gives me that like flow vibe. It's just something that you can always turn on and feel like his presence near. It feels like um, no particular lyrics that I have in mind stand out to me from this track but i really do like it in terms of it's like quality and sound you know yeah. what i mean i mean i think i think y- you guys obviously are music lovers and there there is uh there's that specific feeling that we get listening to certain songs of like just floating of just like feeling like bigger than yourself and th- at least for me this is one of those tracks yeah um 
Especially with like the theatrical synthesizers and like the post-chorus section that kind of just come at you randomly. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Yep. It, it's just it's very good. I mean, uh, a bar that I really loved and uh, was sometimes I get lonely, not when I'm alone, but it's more when I'm standing in crowds that I'm feeling most on my own. Yeah. Which I mean, uh, it describes the feeling that we talked about earlier in the podcast that. I mean, fame does something to you where it's like you could be standing around hundreds of your biggest fans, but you can feel like no one knows you. It is. Yep. It's a difficult. I know thing. that was the biggest thing with Kurt Cobain. I mean, his passing was way different than Mac Miller's, but, you know, people hear, you know, like they love your guitar riffs or they love your beats. They love, you know, just like the vibe you put off, but sometimes it's hard for people to look at the lyrics and really get to it. Or if they do, they're like, I love you because you're this way. I love you because you're imperfect. It's like, well, as much as you might love me for that, it's hard for me to reciprocate back in a healthy relationship. So, you know, it's it no matter what feels like a wall to him. Yeah, very true, very true. Because, I mean, fans fans know him as Mac Miller, yep. not Malcolm. Right. And it's it's... There's always going to be a gap, no matter how close you feel to an artist. Because honestly, on some albums, I feel like Mac is a best friend and he's right. talking to me. But that was never the case and will never be the case. And I will never know him on a personal level. And he had never known me on a personal level. But Dude, that would have been so cool if Mac Miller, if you're like 15 or like, you know, you're hanging out yeah. with Mac Miller, you'd be like, hell yeah. Yeah, that would oh, be cool. very cool. Okay, would be if only. Sick as hell. <laughs> yeah, it's a dream. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then closing out with once a day. Once a day, oh. my God. Okay, so I think that this track is just absolutely genius and the way that it flows back into the beginning of the album with that dissonant chord at the very end flowing into the E major that starts off circles. It is perfection and genius in work. Like, absolutely stunning. And the fact that it is itself a track about small circles that lead to the big circle. Like mm-hmm. once a day I rise and once a day I fall. And I am so glad you said that. I, I, I needed to get that out. I had this like bolded on yep, my notes. Yep. I was like, I need to say this. Oh yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Like one of the most like jump out of your seat. Like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe he actually did that. Things exactly. of the album. You know I mean, I mean? I think the, when I first realized that I heard on the, uh, Spotify dissect podcast, yeah. but, uh, and I literally immediately turned on that song and put the, put the first track in queue. And it was just honestly a surreal experience because the album circles is a musical circle. Right. And it's just, I don't know if Mac had that intention or if John Bryan did that after, but that was on purpose. It had to have. Yeah. I mean, well, there's other ways that you could interpret that last note that's just so, like, different Mm. and dissonant. Like I was saying before, it could be the abruptness of his death. It could be just the fact that things are left unsaid and, like, the end of the album just feels like this, like, pulled out, stretched out, like... Well, that's the end. That, um, yeah, that's exactly. The end? Even even on its own, I don't I don't think it was that like that weird to right. me because it it kind of showed the not not really awkwardness, but that's just like lack of a better term for his 
just life in general in passing. Yeah, like the unsettled energy that was yeah. always there and that remained in his Well, death. if this was planned to be a trilogy of albums, I'm assuming he wanted to have this dissonance so that they'll leave you wanting more and then he gives you more. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, I, I don't know. You guys are definitely stands here. Uh, is there plans to release what was potentially the third more introspective album? Or I, was don't, it just I, I, don't, I don't think Mac was even working on it at that point no. because he was already working on swimming and mm-hmm. then um, oh, true, he was yeah. working on circles like at that same time. Same time like there were a lot of tracks complete. that were supposed to be in swimming that yes, made it into yeah. circles. And I mean, you can, I mean, as we've mentioned before, there are a lot of parallels between these two albums and actually what they're called is like sister albums or something right. like yes. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but ending it on that note in comparison to the end of Swimming where Mac has said himself that he wanted that very ending of like this ethereal, beautiful sound wave of like you floating up into heaven. That's what he said he wanted it to sound like. And that was like literally a few days later, he's gone. And then this album comes out and he ends it with this weird off chord. And then you realize that it's, the circle of this album it's you know take the time to circle back to my old music take the time to like continue to love what i've had to share this whole time i've been alive like and there is there is so much available to listen to for mac miller faces Faces, was just released faces now on streaming services honestly my personal favorite of his work because I just love sample rap so much. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's amazing. I I remember listening to Faces on some app or YouTube or something yeah. that was like he released it on originally back in between uh, Good Am and whatever was. Uh, it yeah, it was between. Or was it between? Uh, it, it was between uh, movies in the Good dark. Am and Divine Feminine, I believe. Okay. Uh, Maybe not, but Maybe he took not. the time. It was before irrelevant. or after Good AM. Yeah, before or after. That's all I know because that was one of my favorite albums that he released on Spotify. And then this came out on Spotify recently and I was like, oh, yes. yeah. With oh, with yeah. a few mixing changes and because they couldn't get all the sample clearances. But, I mean, you just got to give it props to Max family because they are doing everything right after his death. Right. I mean, honestly, I don't think that they should release any more Mac material after this besides his old previous mixtapes like this because Faces was obviously the next step after Circles if they were going to do anything and I feel like they handled it perfectly. I agree. Yep. And it's, you know, about respecting the artist and, you know, I think you guys have heard it here. We got two stands here that love Mac Miller, <laughs> believe that everything, you know, about what the best way to handle a posthumous album is this way to really respect the artist and also look into their life, look into the meaning and realize, you know, what makes an artist an artist, what makes them stand out as a creative force. And when it's compiled in a way where we can continue to love it and love it because music is, you know, you can digest it multiple times. It's still just as great. You want to make sure that the name is out there and it's not tarnished. And all you can do is respect them, you know, like Amy Winehouse, as well just they were a bright star that unfortunately has faded away but that does not take away their impact yeah their legacy is still Mm -hmm. just so immense and powerful and like you said with faces should be like one of the last things that they re-release i think one of the last things that they 
um, do for Mac because this was one of Mac's favorite projects. It it was yeah. his passion project that he wanted to release without any like cost. He wanted to release it just for the public to enjoy his personal work. And now it's able to be consumed by everybody on streaming. And that's another way to lay him to rest. Like Circles was the perfect send off album. And now you're just showing what he had to offer in his time of like great life. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So yeah. Overall, Mac Miller, Circles, an amazing album. Fantastic. Swimming in circles, both of them. Yeah. Fantastic. And Faces. <laughs> Everything and about faces. it. Um, and every other album, mixtape, what have you in his discography. You know, yes. the random sketch note, he had a napkin in a diner. That's amazing, too. Oh, yeah. You know, yes. every single thing that he touched. <laughs> yeah, anything he touched, anything he said ever. Don't but quote me on just that. Just an angel. Of, <laughs> an angel of a person, too. Like, that That dude, like, looked like the most, like, kind and genuinely hilarious person. Yeah, ever. dude, I would... That's the thing, too. Being a live audio geek, I really wish that I could have seen him live before he passed. Like, I have said before that uh mac demarco another mac i got to meet him and i got to hug him and talk to him and it was like the most warm and endearing experience and i feel like if i would have met mac miller in person it would have been the same exact way Mm -hmm. like he would have just had a huge heart it would have been like gritty an old friend yeah exactly but Uh, nothing nothing like pretend you know having an old friend be there but you've heard it here folks and be sure to check us out next week we're always going to come back we're always going to talk about great music and you know, check us out. See our links down below. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> See ya.